Hello and welcome back to the We Are Two Cities podcast. This is the finale. There will be no more episodes after this episode. My name is Micah. I've been the host of the We Are Two Cities podcast and the pastor of Two Cities Church. Our last podcast, I explained a critical update that is changing uh, the name, that is changing what we're doing, and some pretty big, significant life change for me and my family and all the people involved in Two Cities Church. We have been so fortunate and thankful for the community that has come around us as we have uh, really tried to create a culture of a church that unchurched people would love to attend. And the short story, if you want to go back and listen to the last episode, that would be fantastic. But the short story is that we are closing Two Cities Church and we are joining Prodigal Church in Fresno. So uh, if you have more questions about that, you can reach out to me. Uh, You can find me on social media, Micah Foster uh, in all the social medias. Um, but but I'd love to speak with you about that today, though. This final episode is actually an interview that I had a few weeks ago with John Richardson, the pastor of Prodigal Church, and really providing an opportunity for people to hear his heart and what he's all about. Now, at the end, we do invite uh, people to come check them out for their four-year anniversary, which has already passed. That was on uh, September 19th, 2021. But the invitation still st- stands for you to come and check out Prodigal Church on Sundays at Bullard High School in Fresno, or you can download their app and watch past uh, past messages or go to YouTube or Facebook and check them out there as well. I hope you enjoy this interview, and I love my Two Cities family. Uh, that never ends. Uh, things are just changing a little bit, and I'm excited for the future because the best is yet to come. God bless. Well, John, thank you so much for spending some time with us. This is our last Two Cities Online service, and I invited you because of everything we shared last week and the hope we have of of just uh, being a reinforcement to you guys. Any of us who feel like this is a good move for our families, again, we've uh, our families have not made any commitments. They're just coming to hang out and hear your heart, and uh, I think it's going to be a really cool season for everybody involved. Um, but I wanted to spend some time just sharing your heart, like hearing your heart, hearing about the church, hearing about where you guys came from and where you think you might be going, um, even though that is pretty uh, broad. And, you know, the, the where you might be going is a strange question to ask during during these uncertain times. But um, but John, why don't you just share a little bit about yourself and your history? Yeah, no, I appreciate it. Thanks, Micah. Um, I'm, I'm Central Valley boy. Uh, uh, Mike and I actually went to the same high school for a season um, and definitely the same elementary school. So um, Panther pride. And, I, <laughs> and so, uh, uh, so, and then, um, uh, yeah, I was born and raised Catholic. So like, you know, peace be with you and also with you. Uh-huh. Like that was my jam. Yep. Both my parents were 12 years at Catholic school. Um, and uh, met Jesus when I was 15 years old at um, People's Church here in town in the youth group and then just loved youth group dove into youth group like was I was the crazy kid on the stage doing skits and all that kind of stuff and had the greatest time and that probably played a huge role in me becoming a youth pastor after college and um, uh, and was a youth pastor for 11 and a half years and then um, associate pastor and, and we started Prodigal and 
in 2017, and it's been an incredible wild ride. Uh, I'm married. Sarah and I have been married for 15 years as of last week, and we have two kids. Ivy is four, and Dex is eight. So, yeah, that's us. So you're in the thick of it, man. Those, Those early years, you're in the thick of it, and it gets only more complicated from there. That's what I hear. That's my encouragement to you today. <laughs> and prayer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. Well, man, um, so so you guys started Prodigal how long ago now? Uh, it'll be four next week. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, and so what drove you to, I guess, go out and start a new church instead of maybe staying in the same roles? or Because you worked at what, four different, three or four different churches in our area? Um, yeah, I lost count, but I think that's about right. I think it's four. I think it's four. <laughs> and, and, then, and then you launched out and started Prodigal. So what drove that passion, that desire to do that? I think there were a couple really catalytic moments. Yeah. Um, number one, like I started to feel a sense to, to, that God wanted us to plant a church, but like that was not my wise heart at all. And so kind of like my fleece, like to take the Gideon mm-hmm. passage and judge it out of context and to apply it to right now. <laughs> to, it, was, it was like, Lord, like if you really want us to plant a church, like you'll also do that in Sarah's heart. And like, um, and so I never really brought it up with her or anything like that. And so, but God was really working it in me. And I remember I was youth pastor at a church. We started to reach, um, the way they were labeled in our church was the, the naughty kids. They were called the naughty kids. Uh, they, they smoked, they cussed. Yeah. Um, they didn't really ever want to go into the youth room. They just kind of wanted to hang out in the parking lot. And so like, we're decided like, you know what, we're going to set up some skate ramps then and we'll just hang out in the parking lot with you. So we sent some staff down there and they were in the parking lot skateboarding. And then like some of our staff and leaders would just like hang out with them and pour into them. And, and, uh, all the rest of the youth group kids went upstairs and did the youth group thing and it was great. Uh, and I remember I was outside hanging out with the, with the naughty kids. And as I'm walking back upstairs to go to the youth group, a choir member walks past me and says, that person just cussed and they smell like smoke. Mm-hmm. And I said, isn't it awesome that someone like that feels welcomed and loved at our church? And she said, no, those are the people that shouldn't be here. And then I said something that I, in hindsight, I, I probably shouldn't have said. It lacked the fact, <laughs> but I think the spirit was correct. I said, you know, it's really sad when a choir member can't walk past a non-Christian on their way to church. Hmm. And, 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 and so I began to see that there was a need. The, the church should be a hospital for the sick and not a country club for the well, um, for the people who are healthy. And so... Um, things like that, moments like that began to be the, the DNA of what was to become prodigal church. And so a church that really focuses in on loving God and loving people. And so working at all these other churches, we saw some of the most amazing things, some of the most greatest saints I've ever met in my life, um, (laughs) and doing amazing godly ministry and some of these churches I worked at just did some incredible, incredible things, not just locally, but, but globally. And then also some of the, 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 of the churches I worked at, at the same time, struggled in the judgmentalism, the us versus them stuff. And we're, you're safe in here 
everyone else is bad out there. And it just continued to propagate this us versus them thing. And I was like, there's got to be a better way. And so when we started Prodigal, I guess what we did in some ways was we doubled down on all the good, true, beautiful, loving, merciful, compassionate things that we saw in all these other community of faith that we've been a part of. And then we tried to to get rid of some of the the, the short sight and the the, the blind spots, yeah. and um, and say we're just going to dumb it down to like love God, love people, and then <laughs> let's see what happens. So we're four years into this experiment, right? And um, yeah, so far so good. Uh, we'll see. Yeah, and it, it, it hasn't been a, uh, always easy, right? It's not like you just started and everything worked perfectly and everything exactly how you wanted it to be happened and all that kind of stuff. It was, uh, there's been ups and downs. There's been challenges. Um, people didn't, people who initially thought they fit the DNA you were trying to build ended up, they didn't fit the DNA you were trying to build and made those decisions to, to go somewhere else because of that. And, um, I, I know those things (laughs) and that is part of the journey, right? But it's a refining, it's a no doubt. So, so no that doubt. is awesome because one of my favorite stories is hearing a, a pastor. I don't remember what context or where they were, but I remember hearing this story before we ever started um, when God was doing some of the similar sorts of things in me working at different churches. Um, that I heard this story about this, this church that the pastor was getting all kinds of grief because of the kinds of people they were reaching, right? And so the, you know, I don't know, deacons or whatever their structure was, would come up to would come up to him and say, you know, there's a lot of cigarette butts in the parking lot. You know, we need to figure this out. And he said, actually, I'm measuring our success by how many cigarette butts are in the parking lot more than how many butts are in the seats because it, wow. it represents who we're reaching. And not that, you know, cigarette butts uh, is the ultimate wrong that you can do, but just that we know totally. that's not healthy for you. And so there's a certain stigma with that. And, and I just loved hearing that because I've always loved being a part of churches that were more interested in reaching those who are far from God than trying to keep those who are seemingly near God happy. And um, I don't know, that's, that, so that speaks to me when you tell that story for sure. No, I, I see that. I, I think you're quoting Jesus in the parable of the prodigal son, uh, that you, in that story, the heart of it, and then really, I think the heart of our church is, is that you can be lost in rebellious living and far from the father, like the younger son. And you can also at the same time be lost in religious living, even in close proximity to the father. Mm-hmm. Both are distant from God, one because of um, his bad deeds and one because of his good deeds. And and so the church so often it becomes a harbor for the religious um, and calling out the rebellious. And we forget to call out the religious um, inside of us as well. And both keep us distant from God. And Jesus invites both to the party, older sons and younger sons alike. So uh, I agree. I think that for us, and from my heart, like I just naturally veer towards like the sinners, you know, like, <laughs> like, like, the, yeah, that's where I, 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 I'm, I, I have no problem loving them. 
it's really hard for me sometimes to love the narrow-minded religious people. Um, um, not just out there, but even in our own community of faith, it's, it's just, yeah. a, it's a hard thing. And, and even in myself. And so, um, God just doesn't just call them out of re- rebellious living or religious living. He calls me out of it as well. And that's something that we constantly got to be able to examine and conform ourselves to the image of Christ. Yeah. And, and I've seen some of the, the messages where you guys during a extremely volatile political season, right? You, you did a series called Jesus for president. Um, which was great. Um, but, but some of that was you, you like us in how we have done things, how we've chosen to do things have, have decided to not be taking sides in that arena. Right. This you, which I believe is how it should be. Not everyone agrees. Um, but, but that's how, that's how I believe it should be. And and so you've become an equal opportunity offender for both sides. So, if, so if you if you speak, uh, you know, judgment or not judgment, but just sort of, um, you know, what I'm saying. If if you speak, yeah, like against, if I say Tucker Carlson, and yeah. I and then I'm also going to say Rachel Maddow in the next line. Yes, I'm an equal yeah. opportunity offender, no yeah. doubt. Yeah. So so then that makes, you know, it makes people who are on all sides of all these arguments go. Obviously, they they hear mostly the the criticism of their own side, but you can always point to and say, no, 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 listen, I criticize the other side too. And I realize that no political party is perfect. And, and so you shouldn't just blindly follow one side or another side. You need to uh, vote your conscience and vote what you believe, you know, is, is the closest to what you think is right. Um, Yeah. And usually there's not, not a completely right anybody but there's a closest to so anyway i I just i wish things were black and white yeah yeah but there's a whole lot more gray yeah i really appreciate uh that about you i'm trying to give a sense to people from two cities of of the kinds of things that you guys have chosen to do and chosen not to do so that um people can see your heart and see the the community and what's going on there tell me a little bit about about how you have um uh responded and, and interacted with the whole crisis that we've experienced over the past couple of years with COVID and everything like that. How have you guys made the decisions um, for, the, for the prodigal community? Yeah, no, I appreciate the question. And I think the Jesus for President series does kind of show that. Um, the, you know, we did sermons, Jesus is not a Republican or a Democrat. And um, yeah. the, the whole heart of the series was that you can disagree politically, but still love unconditionally. Love and it. we really try and model that that became increasingly difficult to do november of 2020 and i don't think it's prop i thought it was going to be better at post-election no matter who won it's probably not it's still probably incredibly um divisive and so uh yeah covid has kind of multiplied um that and so for us We try and keep it really simple. What's the most loving choice? That's probably the right choice. And, and so for us, really quick it was, it wasn't, we don't think people are taking away our right to worship. We felt like we can continue to worship in a new way, but our purpose has always been to love God, love people. We felt like we could do that online. And so, and so at first we went to online services 
and then um, started to do some outdoor stuff in September. And then the, when the winter surge hit, um, Fresno became the number one metropolitan city in the world in COVID transmission rate. And we pulled back again and said, now nah, we're going to go back just to online. And we didn't see it as you know, our rights being taken away. We saw it as our right to love our neighbor. And that's, and so, and we realized that in this season, not everybody sees it that way. And so when we began to finally meet back in person, which was just June, just a few months ago, we knew that there were people who like weren't comfortable yet and they're wearing double masks and they're not keeping their kids in kids ministry and, 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 or, or only wanted to watch online. Or this was the one thing that they did that was out of their comfort zone because they felt like their soul needed it. Yeah. But at the same time, and otherwise they were just at home um, yeah. being really, really careful. At the same time, we have people who, who think the mask is a symbol of oppression and that um, I'm so done with COVID. And so um, we want them to feel comfortable and we, but we want everyone to be safe. And so how do you do that dance in this political climate um, with an issue that shouldn't be political, but it is, we're doing the best we can. Um, yeah. And, uh, and so it's messy, it's yeah. hard. And certainly when we didn't open, when other Christian churches thought that we should, people in our church, you know, went there. And like on my worst days, I think, man, they're so selfish in me. And, and, uh, and then on my best days, uh, it's, you know what? Like they really struggled during the pandemic. Like my kids were young. It didn't affect them as much. Dad's home more like right. in some ways they thought that was awesome. <laughs> and so, right. uh, that's not the case for every people, uh, for everybody. Some families, their kids didn't do great online work. They need to be back right away. And so I know that it was bad for the mental health of a lot of people. It was bad for the children of a lot of people. And so when it became available to meet in person, they jumped it. They were doing what was best for their family. Um, so, uh, so, yeah, I try and be more on my best days than my worst days and to choose to see what's best in the people who are at our church and who um, have left our church. Um, but I'm really proud of the way of all, all the steps we've taken, all the things that we've done, every online service that we've put out, every outdoor service that we've done. I'm really, really proud of how we've done this season. But man, has it been hard. And yeah. I know, Micah, you, you can relate. I get it. I get it, man. I get it. I get it. I get it. And, and, and since you're meeting in a Clovis Unified school, right? Some of that well, choice. Now. What's that? Fresno now. Fre Sorry. Fresno yeah, Unified. Fresno. Uh, our kids go to Clovis, but you meet in Fre a Fresno Unified school, Bullard, um, 10 a.m. on Sundays. Since you're meeting in their facilities, there are certain guidelines you have to do no matter what you feel at this point, right? Yep. So yep. what are, yeah, what are so those for you right now? So masks are required. Um, uh, and so we have masks in our, our kids' ministry and in our adult services. We have signs that as you come in, masks required indoors. We state it from the stage. Um, does everyone wear a mask? No. <laughs> no. I, I want to sure. be honest with you. Right? So, sure. so, no, not everyone wears masks. And, and all of our team and volunteers and leadership model masks even yeah. as I'm walking out onto the stage, I'm taking the mask off 
so people can see me take my mask off. Because if, if I'm outdoors greeting people, I don't have a mask on, then they see me on stage, I don't have a mask on, well, John doesn't wear a mask. Right. Um, we really want to model it, but we're not policing people. Um, we share our heart, we share the rules, but like we're not going up to everyone and going, put your mask on, you know? Like, and maybe that's wrong, but that's where we're at. It's, it's very similar. It. Yeah, it's very similar to, um, to the difference between um, uh, policing people in sin. Uh, I'm not saying, I'm not equating those things. I understand. Not equating those things. But what I'm saying is like the heart behind it is the same, that you model it, you talk about it, um, you, you, show, uh, you show it with your life, um, but, but you don't control people. People make their own decisions, yeah. right? And it's a, it's a heart, a loving heart thing. Um, anyway, that, that just came to mind as you were saying that. Tell me a little bit no, about no, how no. you guys have um, engaged with our cities. Part of our heart has always been Fresno Close. Like we love these cities. We want to be a blessing to this city, these cities. Tell, tell me a little bit about how you guys have, have also been a blessing to, to those in the community. Yeah, no, great, great, great question. So the stuff that people don't see is um, that, you know, our missions department, our missions ministry, our, who we feel called to give gener generously to, um, and uh, that prodigal tithes, the church itself tithes, um, is ministry in Malawi, Africa. We'll talk about that another time. Um, but also to our city. And so um, whether that's, benevolence or helping people struggling um we do that and then we don't obviously you don't publicize that and like right. and so we rarely ever see the benefits of that or you know the church doesn't necessarily benefit that but then there are other more overt things that we do for the community to bless the community um and so throughout the pandemic we were a part of um the food center for california food bank and gave out thousands of boxes of food um, to people in need throughout the pandemic. It was a much more of a, a need yeah. in 2020 than it was 2021, but we've done it throughout the pandemic um, at schools all over uh, the Central Valley with, with Kawa um, and then uh, throughout Fresno. And, um, and so we, we partnered with the food bank to do that. Secondly, we do uh, our women's ministry in particular has uh, done some incredible work with an organization called Breaking the Chains, which uh -huh. is a, an organization that frees women from human trafficking. Wow. And so uh, they've done events where women in our church come and hear stories of uh, women getting freedom in that. And then all of us together, I'm not a woman, but all the women of our church, um, young and old teenagers and more mature uh, people, they got together and they built these baskets with fragrance and hygiene products and soaps and great smelling stuff. And, um, and they, we, they created these beautiful baskets and then wrote a little note. Um, and when a woman is freed from human trafficking, they receive this basket and they're in a safe house. And I just find that so beautiful. Um, just small things like that. Um, sometimes it has a scripture. Sometimes it has um, notes and stuff so that they themselves can write to their family as they're in a safe house and they can't be able to communicate in the ways that they were before. And so we have a great relationship with Breaking the Chains and women who are on staff um, at our 
women who are on staff at Breaking the Chains who attend Prodigal, who have really helped keep foster that connection. Oh, very cool. We've done the same things with Ronald McDonald House um, as well. And so our women's ministry really feels a calling to not just meet together for inspiration, but yeah. to also do some really practical things to help women and children in our own community. And so that's kind of their focus. And then um, we do outreach events. Uh, an outreach event for us, sometimes that means people then begin to start attending our church. But most of the time it means us giving ourselves away and sacrificial love to the community, whether or not we get anything from it in return. And so our Trunk or Treat event has really been that. Um, we do this free event where we give out over 100,000 pieces of candy and um, we've got all these trunks and games and inflatables and um, carnival games and live bands and music. And, and we've had thousands of people each year come to that. And we have over 200 volunteers from our church serving, giving themselves away in sacrificial love to the community, really meeting a need in the community, a safe place um, uh, for people to go on Halloween um, that's safe and fun. And um, we partner with the police department, the fire department as well, and obviously Bullard High School. And it's just been a really, really incredible thing, um, a, a way for us to love our community. And so we've had people say, hey, you're the church that does like that Halloween thing for us, huh? Um, and uh, we've had several people come into our community of faith and, um, and who said, yeah, our first time was we went to the Halloween thing. Yeah. And then like we went through a crisis six months later and we're like, well, like we should go to a church. What church we go to? Well, that's that one church at Bullard that did that trunk or treat thing that our kids had a great time at. And so that's been super cool. Um, but uh, we definitely don't grow by the thousands every yeah. time we do that event. But what's one of the best parts about it is rubbing elbows with people from within the community, getting to know them, seeing the smiles on the kids' faces. And then mm -hmm. our church serving one another. I think that the church is at its best when it gives itself away in love to the community. I once heard said that the kingdom of God is like, it's, it's when the gifts of the church meet the needs of the community. And so um, trick or treat is a small way we've done that. And so there are other ways that we've kind of gone about and service projects and things like that, that to love our community in really practical ways. Um, but those are just uh, a few of them. Awesome, man. That's awesome. That has been a question actually that I've gotten from some people. What What is their impact in the community? Because I think that that more than ever these days is people want to know, does what you're talking about, you know, in that room impact anything outside that room? And, and we wow. know that it does every day in our lives, but also in group setting, also together in efforts to do something. That's awesome. Uh, so you skipped over it really quick. You said yeah. we talk about that another time, but tell me about Malawi. What's going on there? Uh, so um, when I was 18 years old, I graduated high school, and then I spent six months in Malawi, Africa, um, doing missions work with the organization called YWAM, wow. one of the largest Christian uh, international ministries in the world. Um, and it was incredible. I just had the greatest time. And like, I was set like, God, if you want me to stay here, like I'll stay here. Um, and I really felt God saying like, I want you to help raise up people, um, uh, to be future missionaries, etc. And so, um, when I graduated college in 2004, 
I led my first youth team back to Malawi, the same villages that we that I lived at for six months. I was able to lead teams back. And I've been back, I think, nine times since um, and leading hundreds of people back there. And I have some of the greatest friends in the world. Um, and so all the churches that I've worked at allowed us to do Malawi. Yeah. But when we started Prada, we said, no, no, no. Our missions is going to be for Malawi. Um, we get to do Malawi, not... Wow. Oh, we have to, or oh, we'll let you do it. And so our church um, gives generously to the work in Southeastern Africa, in Malawi, uh, um, to pastors, to missionaries there, to orphanages. And our church was a part of building a Christian primary school in the very same village that I lived at in 2000 um, for six months. Um, in this village, this village called Chihuahua Village, and kids have to walk 13 kilometers one way to go to school and 13 kilometers back. And so a lot of kids didn't go to school. And so even when I was there 20 something years ago, um, right. 21 years ago, uh, that was a need that one day there could be a school in this village. And now there is, and it's called Thanthwe, a Christian primary school in Chihuahua village. You can Facebook them. Uh, they have got a great Facebook page. Over 500 students are there. Um, one of the missionaries that we support is like the pastor to that whole village and to the school and to the parents. It's just incredible. And so our vision at Prodigal is to not only send teams to Malawi often to do and to serve and to bless the people there, um, but also to bring them here to us, um, to bless us and to hear from them and to learn from them. And so, yeah, it's a huge part of our heart um, is the people and the missionaries that we support and love in Southeastern Africa. Um, and so it comes out throughout the year as well. That's incredible, man. I didn't even know that. I didn't know that about your story. I didn't know that about that. That's, that's an awesome piece of the story, man. I appreciate you sharing that with us. Um, at, so as we kind of wrap up here, all right? So um, as we wrap up, you know, you've been, you've been sharing a lot about your heart. You've been sharing about, a lot about the history of Prodigal, a lot about your personal history, um, what you feel God has led you to and, and why. Um, and you think about the people of two cities and, and those who are going to come check you out next week on your fourth anniversary and be blessed by being in person for the first time, many of them in a long time. Um, uh, as you think about those people, what would you like to say to them as a unique kind of group of people that, that you won't say next Sunday because you'll be talking to a broader group? What would you like to say uniquely to them? Um, I, I want to say first and foremost that, um, and I told this to Micah personally when we spoke several weeks ago, uh, that the work and ministry of two cities these last several years has made such an uh, impact for eternity. And we probably won't always see that. We don't. That's kind of one of the things in ministry is that we never get to really see the full impact how God has used um, us, but right. from the online stuff uh, throughout this pandemic to all the in-person stuff and all the things that two cities and you all have done these last several years um, goes on and on. You've made better fathers. You've made better mothers. You've healed marriages. You've um, uh, helped kids. You've freed people from addiction. You've prevented divorce and heartache and heartbreak. And you've made this 
neck of our woods, this city, more and more Christ-like. And so I want to say that first and foremost. Um, and we want to be a part of that too. Um, and, w- and we want um, to continue to expand the impact that you guys have already made. So I do want to say that. that and I think that what Micah said last week to you guys personally about uh, going into deep water yeah, you guys have such a great foundation of that and we want to build upon it. We want to build upon that deep water to reach people for Jesus. And so um, we're excited about that. And the second thing is I'm an open book. Like uh, my cell phone number is the church office number on our website. So like shoot me a text. Like, let's grab coffee. Let's hang out. Mike could be there. Mike couldn't be there. We'll, we'll grab lunch and just talk shop, uh, talk about God, life, theology, family, friends, whatever. Um, I really am an open book and would love to hang out and chat. So um, send me a text uh, and we'll make something happen. Uh, and so for what we lack in polish and um, whatever, uh, hopefully we make up for in our relationality and um, our intentionality about um, loving God and loving people. And, and speaking of like, you know, lack of polish, okay, uh, which we've also given up a lot of that over time. Um, but tell us your email so people can email you. Uh, it's not a prodigal <laughs> church email. It's, a, it's, a, it's an old school right. email. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So... So I still have the same email I had from high school when email just came out. So my email is John Boy, J-O-H-N-B-O-Y, the number four, God, G-O-D at Yahoo.com. John Boy for God. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I get made fun of I a lot. I love that. And people still say, oh, that's cool. I still have my eighth grade email as well. But <laughs> we didn't have email when I was in eighth grade. So that's from my freshman year of um, college, um, the end of my senior year of high school, my first email address. So I ch- I'm go. holding on to you, Yahoo. I'm hanging on. There, I've changed your name to be John Boy for God at Yahoo.com. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> hey, what's, what's oh, happening next yeah. week? So what, what, what are we walking into? Those of us who are going to be hanging out together at your uh, service, you know, what are we walking into? Yeah, a huge birthday party. Um, We're going to be celebrating um, all that God's done in and through our church these past four years. So um, as you walk up, there'll be loud music. Um, There'll be great people welcoming you. Um, And uh, and then there's going to be great coffee and great donuts. And we all love a good cup of coffee. Donuts. Um, Give me some donuts. Yes. Yes. Donuts. So... uh, (laughs) And, um, and so the service will have some, some great fun elements. Um, we've utilized people from in the congregation to kind of tell some of the cool stories that have happened. Um, and awesome. so uh, it's going to be great. And then we're going to dive into really the heart of our church. Um, and so we'll look at Luke chapter 15. And I think it might be the greatest story ever told um, by Jesus, the parable of the prodigal son. And um, I think it's going to be awesome. And then um, on the way out, uh, and there's going to be obstacle course and bounce houses, stuff like that for the kids during kids ministry and some fun, loud, crazy games. Um, uh, it, they, they will hear, um, you know, some stories from the Bible as well and uh, things like that. But uh, it's awesome. going to be a ton of fun. There's going to be an ice cream truck. There's going to be a food truck, um, $2 tacos. And, uh, oh, um, and then the ice cream will be 
um, free. And so we're going to get your kids all sugared up so that, um, yeah, you'll have your hands full when you get home. And so it's going to be a ton of fun. We also have like, you know, different, you know, uh, prodigal merchandise, stuff like that. Like that we kind of try and launch each by any, by any chance. Do you have any hats? Yeah, we have a few. Here's here's the new one. So, but yeah, we've got a few. I wear a hat an awful lot. Here, I'm gonna be let me be vulnerable with yeah, with please two do. Right now. Tell us. I am going bald. Okay, I am going bald badly. <laughs> like it has multiplied during COVID. Like, uh, and so if you look at old prodigal servants, you're like, John's got a pretty good set of hair. Like, and then like, but sometime during the pandemic. Like John wears a hat an awful lot in all of his sermons. It's because I'm bald. So uh, this is me being vulnerable, guys. Me being vulnerable. Awesome. Well, that's a uh, that's good. Thank you for sharing that with us. Yeah, you bet. I hey, trust you. So so there's you. You guys have hats. You've got merch. I like merch. So that's why I'm asking. If you guys are interested, cool. But how much does a hat cost and a shirt cost and those sorts of things? I don't know. I'm not the one who does that. I think the hats are like 20 bucks and shirts are like between 15. We have some kid shirts too. Um, this week and next, well, next week we're going to be posting um, on our social media, like all the different merch options that are going to be available. Awesome. And so like my kids are going to be um, a couple of the models for the kid shirts. So those are going to be some great photos. And, uh, and so uh, we sweatshirts, long sleeve shirts, t-shirts, cool. hats, and kid shirts. So hey. should, there, there's a plethora of items. Listen, anybody from two cities who wants to get a hat or a shirt, one item, we'll cover it. Okay, so just tell us, tell us, and we'll we'll cover it for you, man. Because I think that's awesome. That's awesome. Hey, right uh, really, really appreciate the time. Again, the service next week is 10 a.m. in person, 9 a.m. on social. Is that right? On if, social media, if, and it's on demand starting at like 7 a.m. Okay, so cool. So the app website, YouTube. So there's a prodigal of. app you can download, just like we've had an app. You can you can search that, Prodigal Church Fresno. You can find that, download it, check it out, uh, follow on Instagram, all that good stuff. We'll share all those links and things in emails to come. But uh, love to see you all there, 10 a.m. on Sunday at Bullard High School to celebrate Prodigal's fourth birthday. Excited. My kids are pumped. My daughter keeps asking, when do we get to go? When do we get to go? When do we get to go? I'm like, all right, calm down. Calm down. (laughs) So anyway, um, we're excited to see you guys. Excited to check out Prodigal and see what God might do in the midst of this mess, this messiness. I call it messiness because it's not clean. It's not clean and it's not easy, right? It's bittersweet, but... Um, excited for what God's going to do through that. So thank you, John, so much um, for just being a, a willing recipient of people uh, who, who are coming out of a, an interesting long season of not being together and excited to see each other and, and see if this might be a good place for them and a fit for them. And if it is, fantastic. And if not, both of us from the bottom of our heart are saying we are for you and your family. Whatever you need to do, if you need to go to a, another church that is not where we're at, um, you know that you have relational pull to, we're for you. We want that for you and your family. Um, I will miss you, but um, everything is a season, and 
and I totally get it. So um, this is all this is all an experiment too. So you guys are four years into experiment. Um, we're, we're coming to see what that's all about. All right, man. Thank you so much for your time. Love you guys, and we'll see you soon.